Have you been hurt by adventurers questing in your town? The law offices of Hungadunga, 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 and Bellerathon can help. When thoughtless adventurers pursue personal gain by attacking helpless, evil bosses and their minions, it's the common people like you who get caught in the crossfire. Wayward fireballs. Arrows shot in the air they know not where. Summoned monsters who wander away after the battle to victimize unsuspecting peasants like you. And who will champion your interests? Who will fight for your rights? The law offices of Hungadunga, 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 and Bellerathon. That's who. Find our wagon in Barovia near the coffin maker shop. Remember, when so-called adventurers kill things and take their stuff, they can steal your rights to a long life of pointless servitude away, too. Don't stand for it. Find us today. Welcome to another episode of Sci-Fi Writers playing Old School Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, last week uh, we met a nice farm couple, Maria and Antosh. Creepy. John L. Monk, do you want to give the reminder of what happened last week? Uh, we, <laughs> I didn't expect to be on the spot. Uh, no, nobody yeah. expects to be on the spot. We were heading towards Skull, is that right? Scald? And, yeah. Scald. We are heading towards Scald, and we ran into this... Uh, farmer lady after we sent our scouts uh, to find her and she was uh, she was bearing I think her son yeah her son Joshua son Joshua who may rise from the grave for all we know so we should probably keep an eye out on that uh, and uh, apparently they think that there's some sort of a glowing eyed bear that killed uh, Joshua uh, Maria and Savan or whatever his name is <laughs> Antosh, his name is Antosh Antosh, and everybody's basically pulling a watch tonight in the in the farmer's house to uh, to kind of make sure that we don't die at night, and it's like really creepy outside like uh, lots of really cool special effects and everything, so <laughs> that's it alright, good Wait, deal we so barely we... get it on the deck of the carrier, John oh, and yeah. we, also, we also got a new character in the form of Kate Rocha, right? Cat, Cat. Oh, Cat. Cat. Yes. sorry, Kate, Cat, Kate Oh boy, there goes that publishing (laughs) conference. The gypsy who has been silently observing. Yeah, she's a native of Ravenloft. She knows things, but she's just kind of keeping it cool. Oh, she is a native. She's a gypsy from this land. Or from Uh, from the domains of dread. My dearie dear, what do you suspect this is all about? Hmm. It could be many things. It is uh, too soon to guess. Did you get that from the eight ball? (laughs) (laughs) Shake it again. I could consult the cards. Let's see. Ace of spades. (laughs) All right, we're screwed. All right. 
Actually, so, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Actually, I was going to say, yeah, during the night, they probably see me in the corner, uh, you know, doing, uh, you know, doing the tarot. So, uh, let me know if I see anything. <laughs> the only deck with 16 towers in it. So are we still, <laughs> this is, uh, Promius, are we still, um, kind of going through the night here or are we going to fast forward through the night? How do we decide that? Yeah. So the night's just kind of falling and, um, as Antosh and his family move up, um, you necessarily, you don't necessarily have to go to bed. It's dark, but it's probably only nine or 10 o'clock at night right now. It's not like it's, it's midnight. Um, so you sort of pass the time in conversation or study, depending on uh, what you like to do. But you do get a sense that there's something outside. You can hear like little noises and maybe the first couple times you feel like it's animals in the barnyard kicking a stall or something like that. Nothing that sounds uh, nefarious, but enough to make you feel like there's something out there. I have a suggestion for my uh, companions that they could decide whether or not it's crazy or not. Um, uh, I am a fifth-level wizard. Okay, there's probably no way to role-play that, but I think that I can cast a five-hour light spell on something out there so that we can kind of look outside and see better. Um, And I think that I... uh, I think that I could probably get it memorized again before the next day. So what do you all think? I think that's some real dungeoneering. We haven't seen that in a long time. (laughs) Are you being sarcastic? (laughs) No, I'm not. Okay. (laughs) Because you sound that way. (laughs) We No, well, obviously. Our last uh, uh, spellcaster dude uh, was Forbes, and I'll break character here. And he had never played Dungeons and Dragons, didn't know what a spell was, and um, became very fond of sending plagues of rats at things for every situation. Okay. Because yeah. so it was the only spell he knew how to do. Yeah. It was <laughs> well, I wouldn't go so far as to say. Yeah, to well, I'm not even sure. Yeah, that's yeah. The and we're giving him credit there. <laughs> All right. No, so I think I'll... that's brilliant. That's good. So what kind of object do we use? Uh, anything like a, you could use a like a fence post that's sort of or anything that's sort of central to whatever courtyard open area outside the area that you'd want to be looking at mm-hmm. a tree branch even, part of the house yeah, yeah there's the there's barn. no shortage of targets okay part of the so barn I, that faces the house so okay. that because you've got usually the yard between the house and the barn where we're going to be you know, kind of that open area. But point of order here. If these are smart creatures and we think we're dealing with smart creatures, they'll try to knock out the light source. So is there a way we can set a trap for a them trap. to do that? Hmm. Like a snare? Are we sure yeah, we have like, a rain, like a knowing, <laughs> knowing that they're going to do that, let's, let's try to score. And not in the usual sense I'm always saying that. Can our, uh, can, our ranger, can our ranger can our ranger build traps? Uh, yes, I can. It should be. A I bar can, trap? I can set snares. Can you set one for a bear? Sure. So do you? Uh, I, it's a it's a check of fifteen. So do you want me to roll the check, Jason, or do you want to roll it? No, you can go ahead and roll it. Just roll it to me. So what happens is we, 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 we do the light on a tree branch out there, sort of that's over everything, kind of is, it, we can watch the front area. Right. But then maybe, uh, and then, and then he sets the snare below the tree. Now the question, so, okay, okay, so, 
So let's get this. Let's get these uh, steps in order because it might be important. Mm-hmm. Now, to cast the spell, can you cast the spell from inside the house? Ah, or do you I don't have know. To go outside let me, let, me first? let me look at my. I'm looking at it. Uh, range sixty yards. Mm-hmm. Boom. So right. I, I imagine. Look, they did, probably didn't have window pane windows. They probably used shutters. Probably. So, so you can probably just open the shutters and I can kind of shoot it out the window. Okay. All right. So we'll we'll say that. So you you shoot it out the window, and uh, the yard lightens up, and you. See, but we would want to set the trap first, otherwise he's going to go out there and be all illuminated. Oh, that's a good point. That was what I was trying to say. Right. Okay. So, so in that case, are you? So you're sending the ranger out by himself in, in the darkness. darkness. Yes, absolutely. In, um, actually, actually, I want the pirate to go with me because he has super hearing. So he yes, can, I shall go. He can be a, a, an alarm for me. And I'll be looking out the window to shoot magic at anything that comes along. Because <laughs> I have to, I have to do it anyway. So I'll be kind of like guarding him that way. Like a magic do a, can I do a superhero power hearing check? <laughs> I'll stand outside the door, bow and arrow ready. Okay, so the door is opening. Can I do a hearing check first? <laughs> Before you step out? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can hear, uh, you hear just like a slight rustling outside. So okay. there's there's no doubt. Like you get that sense. There's something out there. How far? There's, I will look. I will turn to my companions and say, "There's something out there." <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to say how far. It's it's certainly within the the, the scope of the yard, um, but it's it's just pitch black outside. Is it so an I'm animal? Assuming you have like a little lantern or something like that, um, but maybe you don't want. Maybe you want to have better night vision. Yeah, kind of up to you. You're not gonna have good night vision anyway. For a little bit. We don't have any elves, do we? We can change our plans, by the way. If you guys are spooked by a creature outside versus a no. deer. No, no, no this no, no, is no. murder hoboing at its best. Yeah. So let's go. So, okay. so you're kind of standing at the door. You can tell that there's something out there. Do you have a lantern? There's some in the house. It's just a question of what do you want to bring? Um, I will take a lantern. Yeah, and okay. I'll, I'll have and my... Then, you go ahead. And then I'll I'll stop halfway and then let the ranger proceed so that the light source stays on me. And where do we okay. want the snare set? Like near the door, under a window, in the middle of the yard, next to the sprinkler, what? Under, under the, the branch. branch. Yeah. Okay, under the branch. Preferably near some trash cans so that they make a lot of noise. <laughs> yeah. Give me the, give me that stack of beer cans. Let me set those up over here. <laughs> It's just raccoons, that's all. Okay. Yeah, with red eyes. Yep. Okay. Um, so the lantern's kind of shining. Uh, so you're holding the lantern up. Jack, I just want to make sure I have this picture right. You're holding it up so that there is light shining down on the ranger so he can kind of see what he's doing beneath that tree branch. Yes, yes. exactly. That is what I am doing. All right. And I say to him, man, it's, it's awesome that you killed that bar patron. I feel a lot safer now. all right so um as he's bent down bent over um watch watch what you say watch what you say next whatever you and jack random like to do Uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right uh uh out of the darkness bolts three wolves three dire wolves and they just pounce right on top of the ranger 
All right. So now, so, so now that's going on. So they surprised and, uh, me. I don't get shot. Able, so they, they kind of. I'm going to be. We're, we're going to be nice. They kind of pounce and snap, but thankfully, your natural dexterity and your, uh, you know, body shape, hiding cloak, and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, absorb the impact. So you're knocked down, but as far as you can tell, nothing's bit into you yet. But they're right. They're right around you, all three of them. From the window, Promius cast a spell trying to hit uh, one of the wolves in the eyes to blind them. Uh, it was a tough shot. He hit the wolf, thankfully, and not you. But uh, all it did was make the wolf the cause of all the illumination. So as the uh, yard lit up, you're able to see there from the uh, the far corners another werewolf. And that werewolf is charging at Nick's character. Allison is standing in the door, and I don't know what uh, what our other people are doing right now. Well, Belmondo's going to try to get around out of the door through or around Allison. <laughs> well, I would have stepped to the side whenever they, uh, they started going out, stepped to the side, but be in the doorway, you know, with the bow and arrow ready, so I wouldn't be, like, in the door. Right, yeah. So yeah, for for me, my action is uh, solely dependent on whether or not I'm done studying my spells. Um, how many? How long is it going to take you to do that? <clears throat> Usually eight hours. Yeah, it oh. hasn't been eight hours. Nope. Okay, I'm still studying. You're on your own. Allison in the door. So hold right. on. He doesn't have he doesn't have all his spells, but how many hours has it been? Um, so if you started studying when you got there around mm-hmm. dinner time, um, let's just say that was about five o'clock, six o'clock. Right. It's right. now about ten. Okay. I'm only so looking to memorize four spells. That's all I'm. He down. should have half his spells then, right? Yeah, I mean it's not like it's not like it's one big thing and then at the end everything's memorized at once. So right. yeah, you could so can you can stop. Ra- and can we randomly give him half his spells? Could we? Like, <laughs> We can even let him say, I memorized the most important ones first. Right. That's even better, DM. That's, that's classic D&D right there. What do I need? That's what I did. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was 11-year-old man. On that note, I will be paying attention and readying a uh, spell. Are we going to go to initiative, or how are we doing this? Yeah, we will do that in here in just a second. I just want to make sure we've got our things lined up. So, uh, That's Christopher uh, Bohr getting all DM-y. I know. So you're gonna are you gonna kind of look through the uh, the murder holes like uh, Promius is doing? Keep your body protected and just shoot spells from the house. Absolutely, and I am going to be gearing up my ray of enfeeblement. Okay, good deal. All right, so here here's how this thing works out. Um, the wolves, rather than have the ability to just snap a surprise Chris Porto on the throat, were taken off guard and they're confused by the sudden illumination of uh, one of the, one of their number. So they're kind of freaking out a little bit, spinning, whimpering, but they're clearly under the spell or control of the larger wolf humanoid. And uh, he is closing ground toward Jack Random, ready to attack with claw and tooth. But the distance is enough, though he's fast, that Jack's going to have a chance to parry, dodge, whatever goes on, if the initiative works out in his favor. So now we'll roll initiative, and we'll see how things go. And it's a D10, right? It is a D10. D10 and low. 
Yep, D10 and low is the way to go. Do we have the initiative screen like usual, or are we just rolling? I just rolled a D10. Yeah, I think we can just roll a D10 and we'll be okay. For all of us? Well, we, uh, I think we said we were going to go turn by turn instead of side by side. Okay. Um, and your initiative is adjusted by uh, Dex, right? If Minus. you have. Yeah, if, if, if you, you have, have, yes, okay. Yeah. But you're, you're going to also have a surprise adjustment, so I think with your Dex that would just basically balance itself out. So it's just a straight roll, okay. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of tens. All right. So here's here's how I'm seeing here's how I'm seeing the uh, everything play out. Um, the fastest reflexes are our Amazon, so she'll have the first move. Uh, then Ron Belmondo. Okay. Then the werewolf. Then the pack of wolves. And then it looks like we've got a tie for last place on those D10s mm-hmm. with everybody else going. Oh, I never rolled. Well, I, I rolled okay, a six, so, so I'm between okay. I'm between the wolves and the D10s. Okay, so you'll go after the wolves right now, and then we just need uh, to know what Nick's initiative is. Just roll a D10. And I have a but, 15 deck, so I think I get a plus one. Or a minus one. <laughs> so uh, your 10 is a nine. So, <laughs> so, so you're just God. completely frozen in Did fear. Did we get these dice from the DM? <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Those would be great for damage. Um all right. <clears throat> so first move goes to Allison. Allison, um you can see that the werewolf is charging at uh at uh, Jack's character. Uh, the distance is enough that if you've got something ranged that you can shoot off, you could maybe work that, but um you're not going to be able to close the ground. Yeah, I'd pl- I'd been like standing to the left of the door with the bow and arrow, so I'm gonna be like while they were went out there, so I should be ready with the bow and arrow to to shoot longbow. Okay, all right. To be shooting as soon as they're attacked. All right. Which so I get three and, attacks in two rounds, so I'm gonna take two of them. And by the okay. way, you didn't know this, but in the interim, I actually gave her some of my silver tipped arrows. <laughs> Ah. So yeah, I know. Well, it was kind of. It wasn't that important at the time. So anyway, <laughs> just so you know, she's got silver Magic tipped arrows. Longbow, but let me see if I, I don't know about the arrows. I, we did get silver arrows at that. We had all the arrows dipped whenever we saw mm-hmm. the silversmith. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Now, um, Kat, can you see this werewolf from where you are? Uh, I am in the doorway uh, with uh, Allison, and okay. I have. Um, my weapon in my hand, which I am sending you a message on. Okay. All right. Just don't do like Left 4 Dead and walk in front of when I'm shooting. Just not my fault. <laughs> I am sending her a message. <laughs> so she knows what this creature is, and uh, and she knows an important fact about this creature that she can choose to share with the party or not. But, and she chooses not to. Yeah, she chooses not to. Um, but oh so our Amazon's reflexes are so fast, she's firing before anyone else has a chance to speak because she's an action hero. I've got plus four to hit. So these are these are silver arrows, a standard longbow with silver arrows, right? Magic. Uh, no, it's a magic longbow plus two with silver arrows. <clears throat> okay. No, it's plus four. 
to hit. Oh, that's right, with strength. That's right. And you know, I'm gonna, while we're thinking about this, I, I want to get a get a reading from Christopher Boer, who is a uh, dungeon master aficionado. When you're doing pluses on bows, mm-hmm. where's the advantage? Is it is the plus the ability for the bow to hit straight and true? <clears throat> Your but the um, weapon, but the arrow itself has to have an ability to do damage. I think that's see the the thing that's different about second edition is that strength counts with the bow along with dex. I think the dex is to hit and the strength is to damage. Dex is to hit, strength is to damage and the modifier on the weapon itself is only to damage. In well, see I've got a plus 4 to hit and a plus 10 on damage adjustment. Right, yeah. So so my my thought being though so let's just say take the silver arrows, the fact that I she's think. using silver arrows. Now, if she weren't using silver arrows but had a plus 1 bow, is the bow enough? Is the bow's ability enough to hurt a creature that's immune to non plus one weapon items, or do the uh, arrows themselves have to be the damagers? I believe the arrows would have to be what uh, the magical item. Not so that's, the bow. that's how I always play too. That the bow's plus is something that adds to. Hitting, hitting, being able to hit. not damaging, yeah. But the, yeah, right. Okay, all right. And so. for those of you with no actual old-school D&D experience, this is probably one of the most typified of arguments that you have <laughs> in D&D. And the problem is that you're playing this game when you're 12 to 14 or younger, like 7. And so you have you, you didn't have the emotional maturity that you just saw between everybody agreed. Usually it devolved into fights, friendships severed, and possibly a bag of Funyuns being scattered about. Watch Stranger Things. Exactly. <laughs> and some of us right. come. Some of us come from a DMing tradition where everything gets routed out in the player's favor, which would allow you to use a non-magical arrow and a magic bow and have it treated as a magical attack. Yeah, mine's over though. I'm um, just putting that out there, guys. If I'm, six, I agree with that. <laughs> if I'm between six and thirty feet, I get a point blank plus, but Correct. I don't know if I'm that close or not. Yeah, you're within thirty feet. Okay, so there's another plus another two, plus two to, to hit. Point blank. Yeah. Right. And and you're rolling d20s there, not d8s. I don't know why you're rolling d8s there. Because it says da- oh, that's damage. Sorry. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, roll, so you've got two d20s to roll, and uh, you just tell me what armor class you hit. I'll tell I you. I just automatically assume that I'm going to hit, so I might as well just go to damage. So. I know. That's that's that Amazon confidence. So it's just Jack does for the win. Plus so six for each. So it's a nineteen and a seventeen. Are we going down? Is it lower numbers or higher numbers? Um, you wanna you wanna roll higher. Okay. So, so I, yes. what's your what's your yeah what's your Thaco? This is always the moment. Fifteen, I believe. Says, Why did I do this? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So so if, so if you roll a fifteen after modifiers, then you hit armor class zero. Yes, I did. So she hit twice. All right, All right so 13, so you hit armor class. So that's plus six, right? Yes. Okay, so two hits, the arrows sink into the werewolf, but they don't seem to have an effect on it. Even so, with the silver? Well, they're silver. Wait a minute. I know. I know they're silver. <laughs> oh, how pissed. Yikes. So you did hit. All right. Uh, Ron Belmondo. Um, do I have actually which of the wolves is the one that's got the uh, the light uh, cast on? Is it the big one or, or the smaller ones? It's the one of the smaller ones. There's three smaller, like just typical wolves. Well, don't kill him. We want to follow him later. 
I mean, if you All kill right. it, the light will stay put. Uh, that's that's the idea. Yeah, but I was thinking we'd follow it back to the den. I think yeah, the den. I think the den followed him to us. <laughs> well, okay, which is crack it back into the woods. It's gonna be shining like a freaking beacon. Well, in that case, I can always stop hitting it if someone has a better idea. But I think starting to hit it's probably a good idea too. So we're gonna. I'm gonna close with the uh, the, the wolf that's got the light cast on him. Okay. All right. So you're gonna close I, on. I, I think I think can you I can t- close. You're you're enough of a warrior that you can close and swing. Okay. At the same time. So I figure it's with the seminar, which is a plus one weapon. Um, Wait, what? What? You're you're attacking him with a with a workshop presentation? Yes, I'm attacking him <laughs> with a TED talk. Okay? A seminar. You're gonna hit him with a seminar. All right. Seminar, <laughs> you bloody Texan. <laughs> There's a part of me that fears that this is what fifth edition is actually about. <laughs> fifth edition has so many advantages over second edition. Fifth edition is great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll do one attack now, two attacks in the next rounds. Twenty-three. Why, did you, guys, oh, why nice. did you guys get all culty there about fifth edition? I know you like the fifth edition is good. At this point, I'm, I'm I'm used to fifth edition because we've been playing with it in uh, our uh, our local game for like over a year now. So, so okay. actually, remembering second edition is a bit of a chore now. Anyway, twenty-three to hit. Do I hit? Well, that's a natural twenty. Uh, yeah, it's a natural twenty. So you definitely hit. Um, you can roll it your damage, but yeah, well, well, this is just a normal wolf, so he gets to do damage. Oh, so yeah. I'll, I'll let you forego the rolling of the damage unless you really want to play with dice. Um, so you I'm, run in there, I'll suave, I'll cool. Dice. You make that arcing swipe with your scimitar, and you hit that wolf just behind its ears, right where the skull connects with the spinal cord, slice right through its head, decapitating it. It just falls down, squirts some blood on the ranger, and its head, still glowing from the spell, rolls right over to the werewolf that's charging at Nick. He steps on it unexpectedly, loses its balance, and loses loses its attack for this round. Ha-ha! I win somehow. (laughs) This is the best game ever. And, of course, Nick takes credit. Of course he does. <laughs> of course. No, Jack Random did. Nick's humble. Jack Random, he's an ass. <laughs> Acting. Huzzah. Acting. So one wolf wear down, and uh, the light is stable, and uh, you manage to, to stop uh, the most dangerous of the creatures, clearly, from attacking. <laughs> um, I think what we'll do here in the middle no, of this battle after that no, thing is we'll, no. we'll, we'll end today's show. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Sorry. We're going to end today's show, and we'll come back next week and uh, see if we can't finish this fight. Or if the fight finishes us. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Sci-Fi Writers Playing Old School D&D was brought to you by the law offices of Hungadunga, 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 and Bellerathon. Peasant class actions are our specialty. I'm Chris Porteau, author of the Legacy Fleet novel Avenger, The First Swarm War, Book 2, your host and producer of this podcast. Our executive producer is Jason Ansbach, author of Till Death. Kevin G. Summers, author of The Bleak December, designed our epic logo. You can pick it up on hoodies and shirts over in our Green Dragon Loot Shop.
The shop's logo was created by the lovely and talented Guinevere Boar, our magic user's spousal unit. Go check out the loot shop, our bios, and more at oldschoolDnd.com. That's O L D S C H O O L D N, as in Nancy, D.com. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.